Hello and welcome to the Baseball Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. I'm your host, Adam Castor. Here as always, my co-host, Ed Birdsall. Mr. Birdsall, ready to talk about the North? Yo, yo. What's up? How the fuck are we? Is this is this the mustache? Is the is that what's changing your personality? No. No, there's no change of personality. I I am I am as beaming and ravishing as ever. <laughs> Just so you know, for those that listen to the show that know Bird personally, mm. he he has a mustache now. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. I, I actually I actually kind of dig it. You know, if we were doing a uh, just a regular basement talk podcast, I think my deep sleeper would be facial hair because I was actually I've been debating growing a beard for a while just because it would save so much time getting ready in the morning, not having to shave. I would love to see it. Quite honestly. I've ne- I've never seen you just like let it go. Yeah, I've gotten to the point of like maybe a couple days of stubble, but never to a point where I could, you know, confidently say that I have a beard. I wish I had that problem, but the the, <laughs> the baby face just needs to be needs to be covered by something because when this is when this baby face just is just exposed to the elements, oh, it's never good. It, it it's not good. I look like I look like a child. It's funny. So on Sundays, because I'm not, because I don't like, don't do a lot of stuff on Sundays. I usually just don't shave. And every night, like before I go to bed and like brush my teeth, I like look in the mirror. I'm like, you know what? One of these days, I'm gonna pull off a beard. I think you can pull it off. Insight from the from the mind of Adam. This is what you're here for, by the way. Is, it's, what, is it's what you have to. It's what you have to do for well. Movember, if we're if we can confidently pull off this stash, Movember might actually be a thing this year. Instead of no shade November, because no shave no shade November, listen. I love the message behind it, obviously. I do it every year. But with that being said, it does get rather uncomfortable when you're going to like Thanksgiving and you look like a woolly mammoth. I know some yeah. people are liberal and like you can clean yourself up and whatnot, whatnot. And like that's fine. That's fine. Clean yourself up. Do what you, do what you got to do. But like the mustache look is very is very nice. It's very nice. And like yeah. I, like I said to you before we came on air, it's like my my face can can breathe because it is it is mucho mucho hot outside. Oh man, it is it is scalding in Utah. How how hot is it on Long Island over there? It was today eighty seven. It is currently it's gonna be in the nineties all week. Um is I think it's currently ninety four or five. Is it a dry heat? It is dry. It's dry heat, but it is ninety-five. See, that's incredible. That's incredible. I will take that ninety-four ninety-five dry heat. No problem. Sunday and Monday, heat? it's gonna be a hundred and a hundred and one. That's a little that's a that's a little uh that's a little scalding. Some, someone's gonna someone's gonna come out like a roasted potato. Listen, I I like the fact that it's a dry heat, and the fact that like going under the shade actually does something. But also, 
when you're not under the shade, it is just, it's real hot. Listen, my, uh, my olive skin right now is, is absolutely loving it. Even though the light really does take, this is terrible podcasting. I apologize. This should be a video podcast for like the last 15 minutes that we've just been, been going on and on and on. Maybe like 10. Whatever and nothing more. Whatever, whatever the hell it is. I mean, I mean, time, time really just stands still when you have a stash, you know, it's just, it just does. And like, I'm a member, I'm a member of the club. Like you're a member of the 1%. I'm a member of the stash club. Can I, what can I, I knew say? it. But, I was right. The mustache did change your personality. It, it, it made it you more pretentious. So, so I just want to make this, I just <laughs> want to make this very clear and have this on the record. So only the mustache makes me pretentious is what you're saying. More pretentious. Uh, okay. More pretentious. Got it. The the light that I have here is really making my skin look very white. Like I look very, very like no, no that does, that doesn't do it. That really just takes away like all. Wow, you can't even see me. Anyway, and, and anywho, yeah, this is terrible podcast. We need to move on to this discussion rather uh, rather quickly. Adam, I'm less than, I'm less than a month away to to my first draft. That's exciting. Oh, less than a month. Yeah, and then the uh, guillotine is going to be on the 31st of August. So I'm excited about that. Yes. And I actually want to want to uh, present you with a potential possibility. I don't know what I'm doing that day. I will be in New York actually, but I don't know. Welcome to New York. You know, that's start, the- start spreading the news as they say. Start spreading the news. I'm coming in August. I want to be a part of it. Adam Caster. Anyway. You like, you like, you like my, uh, my, my remix for Sinatra? Yeah, it's, it's pretty good. Thank you. <laughs> Go so ahead. I was going to say, ahead, I, don't, I don't know what I'm doing that day, but uh, if I'm available, I'd be down to stream it or you know, do a reaction, which is what I assume we've been doing this long enough. I can read your mind a little bit, um, which is why I assume that you were going to be, you were going to ask me to do. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, we're, we're definitely, we're, we're definitely doing the, uh, the, the 10 man. Definitely. I think that's definitely happening. Um, yeah. and then, and then, then I believe I'm also going to do one of my auctions on the pod as well for all my auction folks. Yeah, I'm not in any of those, any of the leagues that you were talking about for that one. But... I know I know, I did an auction uh, an auction draft on the pod last year. So I, I think maybe I'll do I'll do an auction on here just because, you know, my auction... My my auction players don't get don't get a lot of love. Uh, that guillotine draft is going to be you'll you'll hear how bottom of the barrel Oof. it's going to be by the end. No, I I I, I refuse refuse to draft have that draft go the like do every single pick. We that would. You want to talk about terrible podcasting that I was doing before where we were talking about my mustache <laughs> nobody could see, the light glare that nobody could see? Oh, my God. That would just be awful. Yeah. So what would it be like the first couple of rounds? 
basically until, until, yeah, we, until, until we get like to the end unless people want to hear that entire draft which until we stop recognizing names basically <laughs> unless people want to hear the entire thing if people want to hear the entire thing i am more than happy to do it i just don't know if people will find that very entertaining but i've been wrong before i, I have been wrong before on a whole lot of things yeah well anyway we are going to be talking about the afc north today probably one of the more fun divisions to talk about i think you know this division is going to be competitive all the way around uh which is going to be great for fantasy and even the steelers who people are expecting to kind of bring up the rear still have some intriguing pieces so there aren't any teams where it's like ah i don't know um, this team is, or this division is deep when you were looking at different players and their fantasy impacts. Listen, you can make a case with every team in the AFC North that there are guys that will help you win championships and potentially guys that could help you win championships. This, this is probably, I, I have to be really careful with how, with how I word this. I think there is more league-winning potential in the AFC North than there is in any other division in football. I but I genuinely believe that. I don't know. Because every, sing, every single team has somebody. Like, sure, you have to... The, the, the main competition is the AFC well, West. The- but well, the also AFC the, West has the Broncos. So, also the East. Um, the AFC East has the Patriots. And I mean, the AFC East has the Commanders. But and they have Gi- the Giants. Giants are. I mean, Saquon Barkley could be a league winner. Sure, but what do they have at receiver? Well, you said. Okay, fine. There is legitimately at every position group. In this division, go by team, go by position. There are guys with upside everywhere that I can look at and say, you know what? Yeah, that guy could could win you a league. That guy can win you a league. That guy can win you a league. That guy could be solid. That guy could be solid. This is a very fun division, and this is one that I think a lot of people would be very wise to go and try and draft significant amount of players. I think significant significance, significant amount of players from. Yes, I was actually gonna be like, oh, I know weird. you're chopping at the bit. Yeah, you know me. I'm very very petty. Uh I don't know. It's a bit you of a... petty? No. 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 Never. Never. No shit. Not me. Um I don't know. That's a bit of a hot take. And I still think that, you know, the the AFC West is probably the best contender and probably better. The Broncos, the Broncos, come on. They have to be better this year than they were last year, right? There's there's no promise that Russell Wilson is going to be, is going to jump back and be as good as, as Russell Wilson was when he was in Seattle. Yeah, but Sean Payton. Yeah, but Sean Payton is not in control of the guys that are on the field. I mean, 
He is, but he's not in control of how they play. Yes. Sean, Sean Payton. Sean Payton had Jameis Winston. And granted, he made Jameis Winston look very good. My friend, Jameis, uh, famous Jameis, great guy. Also made Taysom Hill a, a, a fantasy thing, but neither here nor there. He molded the career of your boy, Tony Romo. I am forever indebted to Sean Payton for that one. <laughs> well, even if it's not the Broncos, you still have Devontae Adams. You have Travis Kelsey. You have Patrick Mahomes. He, you know, Justin Herbert, Austin Eckler, Keenan Allen and Mike Williams. There's a lot of talent in that division. Oh, my God. I mean, I, I, we could just go go through the list. I mean, Deshaun Watson, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, Kenny Pickett, Najee Harris, Deontay Johnson, George Pickens, Pat Fryermuth, Joe Burrow, Joe Mixon, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, uh, Tyler Boyd. You think going to be a league winner? Irv Smith. I'm sorry? You think Kenny Pickett's going to be has the potential to be a league winner? Yes, I do. Okay. Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Well, we'll hey, listen. We'll talk about Kenny Pickett. I don't want. Hail to Pitt. Hail to Pitt. But, bro, <laughs> I almost want to start with the Steelers. I don't think he's going to be a league winner. I'm not, I'm not saying I, I think he's going to be. I think he has the potential to be. Okay. I mean, yeah. God, I want to start with the Steelers so bad, but I want to start with the Steelers. Okay, I was going to go so bad. Let's start with the Steelers. I was going to go in alphabetical order, but I guess we're going to go in reverse alphabetical order. It's a perfect segue. It is a perfect segue. So, Bird. Yeah. Defend yourself. Kenny Pickett. Why do you think he has the potential to be a league winner? Well, I just think it comes back to watching his tape throughout the year last year. He came in, he was he was bad. He, he was bad. There was no doubt about it. He did not look very good through I mean, he didn't run a lot. He threw more INTs than touchdowns, which is kind of a problem. Only had about 185 yards per game and about six or seven yards per, per carry, which is pretty good. It shows that he's got the the rushing potential that's absolutely there. He got better and he got more comfortable as the season went on. And it was evident for me when I went back and I watched the Steelers because the Steelers were the most interesting team that I had to rank out of all of them because it really is so dependent on whether or not Kenny Pickett takes that second year leap and I'm not saying that they are in any ways comparable but look at guys that have made a second year leap in the past just a few that jump off the page immediately are Trevor Lawrence and Josh Allen. Those are two very recent examples. Can Kenny Pickett, is Kenny Pickett as talented as, as those two? Probably not. But is he serviceable enough where you could ask for him for him to be a 270 yards per week, two, three touchdowns a week sort of guy in an offense where there are plenty of options to get the ball to where they want to throw the ball. They want to get Kenny Pickett uh, more opportunities to launch the ball downfield this year. Yes, there absolutely are a ton of avenues where Kenny Pickett could take, can take that significant leap. I don't think top 12 is, is out of the question. I'm not saying top five. I'm not saying top five. 
but can he finish top 12 given certain circumstances and situations that have, that have to occur? Yeah, he absolutely can. I don't, I don't understand why uh, that's such a, a, a crazy hot take. I have him down right now for just about 3,700 yards, 21 touchdowns and 13 interceptions. If, if there is some way somehow that Kenny Pickett can close in on, on 3,900 yards, and up those touchdown numbers to 25 plus touchdowns. If there's a way he can do that, then he will definitely be pushing top 12. There's so no doubt you're... about it. And and then of course factor in the rushing ability as well. I have him down for about 73 rushing attempts. I mean, listen, the rushing is good. Let me play the other side to this because I feel like you love know. playing the other side. Go ahead. Okay. Well, you want you're predicting that he will triple more than triple his touchdown numbers in only four more games if he plays a full season. Yes. No, I'm not G- predicting that. I'm I'm saying that he triples his touchdown numbers. Okay. He triples. He will have to nearly quadruple his touchdown numbers to get anywhere near top ten. Well, he played 13 games last year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He threw. I mean. And it was bad. Can, and I acknowledged, I acknowledged that the, the first no, I know. part, the first part of Kenny Pickett arriving on the scene in Pittsburgh, it was bad. But the team was also bad. They, they had injuries all over the joint. They couldn't get the number one wide, wide receiver a touchdown. And he was a, he was a rookie quarterback that was honestly look at the look at the teams that are in his, in his division too. Cincinnati's defense last year was very very stout, especially their defensive line. Baltimore's defense, even though they struggled in the secondary, defensive line still very solid. And oh yeah, they got arguably the best defensive lineman in football over there in Cleveland, and Miles Garrett, who <laughs> has a bit of history with uh, with Pittsburgh Steelers quarterbacks. Yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, Josh Allen had like kind of similar numbers, but a little bit, but actually worse. He had, did have more touchdowns. He had ten touchdowns his rookie year, just over two thousand yards. And he completed 52.8% of his passes. But then what did Josh Allen do in year two? Uh, he, threw, he threw for 3,000 yards and 20 touchdowns. Yeah. Trevor yeah. Lawrence took a took a jump. But Trevor, Law- Trevor Lawrence is probably the worst example of those two. Because Trevor Lawrence... Gen- generational. Old... Gen- generational quarterback well, prospect. He threw for 3,600 every... yards that everybody and 12 touchdowns. About. That everybody yeah. forgot about, including you. Well, yeah, because of his shitty coaching situation that almost, you know, ruined his development. Perfect. So that here, we, here we are. You're talking about a shitty coaching situation. There might not be a better coaching situation than what is in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin. Maybe yeah, the, it's the, the same other, coaching situation other, as last year. The other, well, that's my point. Keep on growing. Mike Tomlin's not going anywhere. Mike Tomlin is going to decide when Mike when Mike Tomlin goes. There's probably there's probably one other spot. Where I'd be like, okay, in terms of team stability, that's Bill Belichick up in New England, but Mac Jones just sucks. That that that's neither here nor that's neither here nor there. Um I have full belief, full belief that I think that Josh Allen number of thirty three hundred and twenty, if Kenny Pickett, like I said, could get to that thirty six, thirty seven, and twenty. I think that's a huge step up. And then we're talking about Kenny Pickett in year three being being a guy who sure fire is going to be top 15 at, at the position. 
I mean, Josh Allen's a better comparable. Trevor Lawrence need it. Urban Meyer was still the head coach for two yeah, years. Trevor Lawrence would be on the Mount Rushmore of all-time QB busts. Yeah, but I wasn't. I wasn't talking about, about him having a Trevor Lawrence like like jump. I was just referring to Trevor yes, Lawrence you were. as no, I wasn't. I said Trevor Lawrence jumped. I was was stinky in his first year and then had a year two jump. Same thing with Josh Allen. I wasn't comparing the two because there's no there there is there is no way that there There's, are 35 plus touchdowns in in, in this offense. There there just there just isn't. Trevor Lawrence threw for no, how many touchdowns last year? Did you say 36? No, he threw for 25 last year. He threw for 4000 yards, 25 touchdowns, eight picks. I don't know where the hell the then the uh the, he had the, 30 total He had 30 total touchdowns. Going I don't know where the 30, that 36 number came from. That's that's if he if he can get Trevor Lawrence also for, for over four thousand yards, I don't I don't see Kenny Pickett doing that. But rushing plus a solid enough passing year and twenty touchdowns that gets him into the conversation. Then you also need to factor in there are going to be quarterbacks that get hurt. There are going to be quarterbacks that get hurt, and there are going to be guys that also stink. Like if I'm looking, I'm looking at the ranks. Who are guys that could that could fall off that are in the top twelve range? Daniel Jones could fall off. Tua could get hurt again. Kirk Cousins could fall off. Aaron Rodgers could stink. Geno could stink. Anthony Richardson could could just not start the season. I think Jared Goff will be fine. I think Matthew Stafford will be okay. Kyler's hurt. Russell could really stink again. Jordan Love could stink. That's QB's 11 to 21 right there. Is there, out of all those guys that I mentioned, is there... Anybody that you could say, yeah, that guy's safe. Maybe, maybe Cousins. Uh, yeah, I would say Kirk Cousins. Fine, and I would accept that. But outside outside of that, is there another safe name? And Kirk Cousins and Jared Goff. Yeah, no, Jared Goff. Jared Goff has done it for two years in a row now. I think that's fine. Outside outside of that, though, I, I think Kenny Pickett can outperform. What what did Jared Goff? Uh, last year what were his what were his numbers 44 and 29 yeah Pickett's not topping 40 uh 44 he's not he's not topping that he's not talking that but that's 4400 yards by the way yeah I, I I really see the upside with with Kenny Pickett I do and he's costing he's costing you nothing that's also I mean, a, that... big, a big part of it is why I'm going to be targeting him wherever I can. He's going 145th overall. Basically, you and nobody else. Pennies. No, no, not not just me. He is one of the hottest names around right now. Okay. Everybody loves the opportunity for Kenny Pickett. At least, at least industry wise. At least industry-wise, there have been a number of people that I've talked to that love, love Kenny Pickett. I mean, I could be wrong. I've been wrong before, and I will probably be wrong again. But about other things, not maybe not this. But and I again, just don't, if it, I don't if see it. If it doesn't work, if it doesn't work, you cut him and you go get somebody else. Quarterback is the easiest position to replace fantasy. Well, that's why I was kind of like, well, think about it. You named all those guys. Mm-hmm. That were like, oh, I don't know, you know, this bad, this bad thing could happen, this th- bad thing could happen, this bad thing could happen. All that has to break right for Kenny Pickett to be a top twelve quarterback. Not necessarily. 
Kenny Pickett could just be better than some of those guys, and they could play the same amount of games. Yeah, but they all those guys have to continue to not be good, or just or regress, or get hurt, and then that chain wow. of events I don't is what so. leads to Kenny Pickett being in the top twelve. I don't think so. I completely disagree. I think Kenny Pickett could be better than some of these guys just on merit. I mean, I don't know. I'll see what he looks like with a full training camp because he, I don't think he got the QB one reps last year. It was pretty much assumed that Trubisky was going to be starting. So I don't know. I just, I liked a bit of what I saw with Kenny Pickett last year, but it's just a, it's, it's a big leap. It's a, it's a huge step is what it is. See, I don't think so. I don't think it's a huge leap at all. I really don't. I think it's, I think it is a serviceable and reasonable enough expectation. Top 12, top 12. We were treat. we were treating, you're treating top 12 as if it is just this, this pinnacle of excellence. Top five is pinnacle of excellence. I'm not saying he's going to be anywhere near top five. Well, you said potential league winner before. Yeah. League winner, as in you're drafting him in the 15th round. (laughs) You're drafting him in the 15th round, and he could finish as a top 12 quarterback, a QB1, that you are getting in the 15th round. That is a league winner. That is a great return on a guy that you took for nothing. Am I wrong? No. Well, when you say league winner potential, the way that I think about it is, you know, literally league winner, like he would be good enough to win you a league. Not, yeah. He can be. Okay. We're just circumnavigating the the whole point. He can Yes, I know. Well, I don't believe you. But... Well, I don't, I don't believe it yet, but that's, you know, we'll see. He can be good enough to win you a league, but it is also, league winner is also different by position. Yeah, I'm not saying that Kenny Pickett's going to be a guy that's putting up 30 points every single week, but league winner for a quarterback is he could post 18 to 22 points every single week at the price that you're drafting him at. Like, if you're taking... Kenny Pickett post post say he say he's able to get you 18 fantasy points a week, and you're drafting him at 145th overall. That's great. You take for instance, let's just say let's say Dak, at 76th overall, Dak gets you 18 points a week, at 76th overall. That's not good enough. That's not no, winning anything. No, that's not winning anything. That's my point. Is where you're getting Kenny Pickett right now, you're well, taking that's... him as a QB2 that could elevate and potentially be your QB1 in the 15th round. I mean, let me know if I'm just be I'm just like once again being petty with semantics. But there's a di- isn't there a difference between you're describing what you're describing is a sleeper, a great underrated draft pick. Is there not a difference? Between a sleeper, a deep sleeper, <laughs> deep sleeper, a deep sleeper, and a league winner, Kenny Pickett's a sleeper pick, an underrated there's a pick. There's, there's a difference. I think it could be both. Yeah, 
I think he could be both. Well, he could be a sleeper. I don't think he's a league winner at the moment. And I do think he's a league winner. Okay. I, think he's, I do think he is a potential league winner. This is great. We just spent 20 to 30 minutes on just Kenny Pickett. It, it, circumnavigating the same point. <sighs> okay. He can this potentially is... win you a league. Draft as much Kenny Pickett as you possibly can. You will thank me later. All right. Something that is it that is interesting. Where in the world is Najee Harris? He's really weird. <laughs> He's really weird. Um, I have him as my RB sixteen in full. He's just very boring. Honestly, he's going to be a volume hog. He's going to get a ton of work. He's going to get you north of 300 touches, pending health, of course. But he's just going to be kind of... The journey is going to be very ugly. The journey is not going to be pleasant. Will the destination be all right? Yeah. Yeah, he could be. It this definitely sounds like could our Miles be. Sanders conversation from a couple episodes ago. Yeah, Where, I think it's like the Terry McLaurin conversation that we that we've had a thousand times. It's kind of this. It's kind of the same thing. I want to see Kenny Pickett, and, and granted, you know, twenty twenty one was could have been an outlier because you know Big Ben was at the was at the end of his career, and and you know he was just dump off merchant, and Najee had seventy four catches in twenty twenty one and three hundred seven carries, like. That 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 we don't know if that's gonna be just an outlier of a year. But if he could if he could get in the range of, you know, he had 381 and then 311. So if he could get if he could get you 335 touches and be somewhere in the middle of that, then we're fine. But if he's barely eclipsing 300 and he's still going at a yards per attempt of around four which is what he's done for the first two years of his career three nine and three eight then it's going to be very 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 ugly at times i personally would urge you to stay and the touchdown away. numbers just aren't the touchdown numbers aren't there either for not he's been, he's he, been double he's been double the touchdowns uh total touchdowns uh, his first two years, 10, 10 of his first two years, uh, respectively, 10 and 10. But it's just so boring and so painstaking. I just would urge everybody just stay away unless the price is really, really good. Then I would think about it. If you're getting, if, if you could tell me you're getting Najee Harris in the upper part of round four, I would say, oh my God. yeah, yeah. I, I I would consider that. Uh, let me just see where I have in my in my overalls. And... How many abandoned ship conversations did we have last year, though, in the beginning of the year with Najee Harris, though? Oh, so many, so many, and and that's a big big worry that it, that it could happen again. I have Najee. Where did I say that I would be comfortable taking Najee Harris top of round four? Right. Yep. I have him at thirty second overall, top of. I round do four. that. I do that. Yes, I would too. I would too. Do I think he's going to go there? I think he's probably more middle of round three. And I just don't know if I would like that much at all. 
I, I'm just looking at the receivers that could be available in round three. Uh, Chris Olave, T. Higgins, Devonta Smith, D.K. Metcalf. I think I'd rather take a shot on one of those receivers than I would on uh, on Najee. It, it is a weird one, too. This is his third year in the league, and there's supposed to be just this, this crazy excitement about Najee Harris, and there just isn't. I mean, he's rushed for a thousand yards in back-to-back seasons, double-digit touchdowns. The pieces should all be there. Yeah, but it, they're not. Yeah, they should all be there. But as Adam said, it's hundred percent correct. They're not. And last year was a big tell of, ooh, this it, not good, not good. There were weeks where he was really, really, really bad. So I, well, I think the best. I think... Go ahead. So if you think that Kenny Pickett's going to improve and be, you know, this guy, mm-hmm. what do you, don't you think that would have an effect on Najee Harris as well? You beat me to the punch. <laughs> Every single person that's listening to this podcast, make sure you have a spot in your roster for Jalen Warren. Yeah. Well, if you're, yeah, I agree. Handcuffs are very important. Don't think he's a handcuff. I think there is. It's unlikely. It's unlikely. But I do think Jalen Warren could potentially be better than Najee Harris. Just as a pure football player. Just as as a pure football player. I'm not talking about about fantasy. I'm just saying that I think Jalen Warren could be more talented than Najee Harris. Wait, more talented? Yes. I don't know. Well, we, I mean, we saw Jalen Warren look really, really good at times last year when Najee Harris was in and out of the lineup. Yeah, that's that's the thing. Also, is that Najee Harris' health has been an issue. For, yes, yes, that that's that's very, very true. That's a, a probably the the more important reason to have Jalen Warren on in your roster. On your and roster. I would al- I would also say that if the rumors that I'm hearing are true that Pittsburgh is potentially looking at Kareem Hunt, that could make Najee Harris even more unappealing. That would be why would they do that? Najee Harris is your is your is your uh, Thunder Kareem Hunt your Lightning. I mean, you drafted him early. They drafted him pretty early. Yeah. Did they, did they not? Yeah, they did, but. <laughs> But but then again, there's no there's no loyalty in 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 Pittsburgh. If there's a guy if there's a guy that they like, they're gonna go out and they're gonna get that guy. And if Greenman can be had for cheap, and he kind of takes some work away from Najee to keep Najee fresh and healthy for the football team, it makes sense. For fantasy, it would suck. And that if if that is true, and Greenman does go to Pittsburgh, I would be full out on Najee, full out. Right now, right now, I'm like half out. Because price is a big determining factor. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't. A three-man group in Pittsburgh just would be so unappealing. Oh, yes, it would be. It would be, and I'd be very, very, very out. So, so unappealing. But I don't know. Why would they do that? That just doesn't make any sense. Unless they're really down on him. I think it's. I think it's more of just trying to take uh, trying to take the weight off of him and trying to make sure that he stays fresh. I guess so. I mean, maybe they. I, I don't know. I don't know. Well, let's move on to the receivers. 
in Pittsburgh. And uh, so the question on everybody's mind, will Deontay Johnson score again? Uh, yeah, he'll score. He'll, he'll score this year. <laughs> he, he will definitely score again. I, I like him. And I think, you know, I can group Deontay Johnson and George Pickens into the same conversation. I don't understand. In, in, in non-PPR and potentially in half, maybe. Half, maybe. Non-understood. But I don't understand why what, what the George Pickens craze is about. I get it. He's very talented. I'm not, I'm not saying play that he's potential. Not. I love George Pickens. Oh, I love George Pickens. I love him. But there are people that want to put George Pickens ahead of Deontay Johnson. And that's where I draw the line. Because Deontay Johnson, we're talking his upside. His upside for what we've seen is Deontay Johnson can be a 95 to 100 catch guy. He had 107 catches in 2021. Last year, with no touchdowns, he still had 86 catches. He scores you four or five touchdowns. Deontay Johnson is a borderline top 30 receiver in full full point PPR because of the high catch numbers. In my projections, I have Deontay Johnson down for 85 catches. 85 and 5. He gets you that. You're gonna be very happy with 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 Deontay Johnson. I know a lot of people, a lot of people were burned by Deontay Johnson last year, and I get it. I think a lot of people are gonna avoid Deontay Johnson, and, and I don't blame them. I, you I, might I, be able I to capitalize on that in your draft if you yeah. if people avoid him, and then you'll he'll fall further and further. But I don't know. With with George Pickens, I had George Pickens down for 62 catches, 850 yards, and five touchdowns. Who's the guy that you'd rather have in full point PPR? The guy who's going to get well with those eighty six catches. Those stats gonna, are guaranteed. Who's going to get sixty? Yeah, if those ca- stats are guaranteed, you'd have Deontay Johnson. Sure, the, the, just that's a, math. Just a projection, but yes, yes, you that's want, math. Yeah, you want the catches. You you want the catches. I think Deontay Johnson is just going to be Deontay Johnson, and I don't understand the people that are going to put George Pickens as a near top 30 guy and then have Deontay Johnson, especially in full point PPR again, as a borderline wide receiver three. It doesn't make sense. So I just, I I just urge, I urge all the people out there draft Deontay Johnson before you draft George Pickens. If you're going to go the route of a Pittsburgh Steelers wide receiver, that's, that is all. Thank you for coming to my TED talk. Good to know. Um, I don't really have anything else to add on that. I think you covered it pretty well. So let's move on to Pat Fryerbooth, the tight end. I I'm gonna be looking for him in a couple of places. I like him. I like him a lot. And he, he I think this is probably the first read that Kenny Pickett is probably going to have, and that is going to to Pat Fryermuth. We've seen his numbers um in the receiving department outside of touchdowns go up every year of his career so far. This is going to be his third year. Tar- uh, targets went up. Receptions went up. Yards went up. Yards per reception went up. Touchdowns were only at two, but that was also because of the really, you know, touchdown void that was in Pittsburgh last year. I, I think all the-, the touchdown numbers are going to be corrected. I think you could probably expect five, six touchdowns 
from Pat Fryermuth, which is exactly what I have him at in my projections. I have him down for 67 catches in the range of 660 yards and the five touchdowns. I think that he's going to provide a very, very steady uh, tight end one for your for your fantasy rosters. And we're all looking for you know that steady tight end that could potentially get you there without having to break the bank for a guy like Travis Kelsey or, or Mark Andrews. Pat Fry, but I think it could be that guy for a lot of for a lot of fantasy matters this year. If you're in a guillotine, I think you should target people in that range, tight ends in that range. You know, in the Fryermuth area. Um, guillotine guillotine's hard because I think you want to. Yes, yes, I'll just say yes. Well, because of how shallow the draft gets. I think, you know, after that range, I feel like it's going to be a lot tougher to find a tight end if you don't pounce on players in that range and up. Yeah, but it also it also depends. You want to have a good core of running backs and receivers in 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 the guillotine. I know this is very this is very niche. I don't want to spend too much time on it, but if Pat Fryer was there is there at cost. Like if you if you can get him in round ten where he's going right now, ninety sixth overall, yeah, you do that. Well, that's you, really that's really good. So let's go. Well, yeah, I do not drafts. have him at at, at ninety sixth overall. I have Pat Fryer with seventy fourth overall. He's an eighth round pick for me. So next team is the Cleveland Browns. You'd think that they'd have a ba- a bounce back um, after their last place finish. Now that they're having. Eagles should not be named. Play a full season for them. I'm done saying it. I'm just not going to acknowledge it. If Adam wants to say the line, he can go ahead and say the line. Sean Watson is going to be really, really good in 2023. And anyone who wants to uh, just completely ignore him, that's fine. But the community is not buying that Deshaun Watson is done. The community is all in on Deshaun Watson. And it's hard to blame him. Well, because on his day, Deshaun Watson is really, really good. From a strictly robotic perspective. Yeah. At the price that he's going, at the round, you know, at the spot that he's going in drafts, it makes sense to take a gamble on drafting Deshaun Watson. So you would take the gamble of Deshaun Watson in round eight, which is where he's going. Oh, okay. Maybe not. 70th <laughs> overall. That's not really a gamble anymore. That's single digit rounds are not gambles. No, I I have him at 81st. So I'm about, I'm about a round difference from, uh, from the community right now. The ninth but... round isn't a gamble either. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it just depends on how down people are. I mean, on on Watson. I see. If you don't think I the community, I mean, the ADP is saying it. Deshaun Watson's price is only going to go up, and I was afraid of this that the Deshaun Watson hype would get to be too crazy. Round eight, I'm okay with it. If we start pushing round seven and we start putting him in the category of like Lamar, 
maybe Burrow gets to that. Adjusted Herbert. We start talking about Deshaun Watson in that group of, of quarterbacks. That's where you lose me. That is where you lose me on the whole Deshaun Watson I mean, thing. He's going to bounce back, but I just don't think it's going to be that much where he would be worth it drafting that early in that same range as those guys. And I mean, maybe if there's a run on quarterbacks and you're starting to feel a little bit of FOMO, maybe even then I wouldn't recommend it. I think they're better. There are better alternatives that you could go with in in later rounds. Yeah. Yeah. Safer options too. But if you want to go for the home run swing, I mean, there's there's maybe no bigger home run swing than Deshaun Watson because we all know what his talent is. His talent level is he can be a top five quarterback. I mean, fan, so Fancy Pros has him at ninth. At so, QB nine, I have him at QB ten. Yeah. So do they have him ahead of yeah. Dak? Hold on, give me just let me. I was going to do this. I was going to do a Would you rather? Okay. So here, this is he's in tier three. All right. So uh, let's do a quick would you rather with all the quarterbacks in tier three. Okay. Uh, Deshaun Watson or Dak? Dak. Deshaun Watson or Tua? Deshaun. Uh, Deshaun Watson or Daniel Jones? Deshaun. Deshaun Watson or Kirk Cousins? Deshaun. Daniel Jones or Geno Smith? Or, I mean, uh, Deshaun Watson or Geno Smith? Deshaun. Watson or Rodgers? Deshaun. Oh, my God, Deshaun. Not close. Watson or Goff? Oh, Deshaun. Deshaun, Deshaun. So, basically, I think you you had only Tua and Dak. Nope. I had Deshaun over Tua. Oh, so just Dak. Just Dak. Just Dak. That, that's, my big, that's my big dilemma right now is, is Dak or Deshaun Watson. I go back and forth on that one. I think I'd rather have Dak. I think I would too for the safety. Yeah. Cause there's a definitely, there's a good chance that Deshaun Watson could, could continue to be cooked. Oh, sure. Sure. There is absolutely that possibility. Oh, yes. you hate to see it for somebody like Deshaun Watson. You, you just hate to see it. Moving on swiftly. Yes. Moving on swiftly. Uh, Nick Chubb. <laughs> 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 well, anybody who loves Nick Chubb has been waiting for this opportunity where he's just going to be he's going to be the guy. There's no Kareem Hunt anymore. His next closest competition is Jerome Ford. Oh, oh man, Nick Chubb. I love him. I love him. It, it, it is taking so much restraint to not put him as my RB5. It really is. I, I love him that much. He's my RB6 right now. I'm taking him at 11th overall. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what this offense looks like with, well, it's going to be, they have to, you know, play K. So they had to redesign the offense for Deshaun Watson when they traded for him mm-hmm. a little bit. Yes. And it wasn't as run heavy. But, and now it's a full season. And Nick Chubb is by himself. So that's something that's worth monitoring is what it's really going to look like. 
because some people might think with like, you know, the 2020 Baker Mayfield led offense by Kevin Stefanski that was very run heavy versus the 2022 Deshaun Watson led offense that was not as run heavy. They got to find that balance. They have they have to find the balance. They have to they have to give Nick Chubb the ball. They 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 just have to. They're not going to go anywhere unless they do. He's a candidate for 300 plus touches, over 1600 yards, and over 10 touchdowns. And hey, listen, he's don't get got, me wrong. He's and great. he's got that monster monster game in him. We've seen it. He's got that big, you know, three touchdown game, two touchdown game with over a hundred yards, a hundred yard day with a touchdown. He has that in him. He has it in him. This that you, you talk about potential weak winner. This is one of those guys that, and granted, you know, you're taking him high. He should be a weak winner, but this is absolutely your safe play. The floor is super safe with Nick Chubb. The ceiling is tremendous, tremendous. I love Nick Chubb this year, even in full-point PPR, where he's going to hurt you a little bit with the receptions. I don't think it matters that much. I think he's going to be absolutely outstanding for fantasy. Draft him where you can. Yeah, that's what I was going to say with the caveat. The caveat is PPR Mm -hmm. with Nick Chubb. Yes, but I don't think it matters that much. We've seen seen Derrick Henry. Because... We've seen Derrick Henry do more with less. Here's the thing. Nick Chubb is one of those guys. If you if he rushes for 123 yards and no touchdowns and also doesn't catch any passes, that's still only 12.3 points if you're doing decimal scoring. Mm-hmm. That is gonna that might bite you some weeks. So just you know, be forewarned about that. Yes. Um, unless, yeah. Anyway, uh, uh, let's go to the receivers now. Um, Amari Cooper, and really it's the one receiver. It's Amari Cooper. No, 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 no. Nope. No? There's three that I really like. Donovan Peoples-Jones. And Elijah. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that he's here. I love Amari. I love Amari this year. As long as as long as DeAndre Hopkins stays away, and you can tell me that Amari is the out and out number one receiver. He is your classic draft as a wide receiver too. He will be a wide receiver too. And he'll have his big weeks. He'll have his down weeks. The ebbs and the flows. But at the end of the day, Amari Cooper is going to be fine. Draft was a top 24 receiver. Draft was a top 20 receiver. I have him at 17. Root the benefits. Elijah Moore. One of the most popular sleeper candidates because of him being away from the New York Jets and all of a sudden everyone just falls in love with the Jets rejects. Seen this a thousand times, haven't we? Yeah, no, I have no, I've never seen this before. What a new concept! Exactly, I've never seen this in my life. He's still really young. He's twenty three years old. The 
big thing with Elijah Moore is health. Can he stay yeah. out there? Can he stay out there? Can he be what he was in 2021 when in 11-game sample size, rookie year, he showed some flashes? And there are people that were adding him left, right, and center in 2021. Then last year, it just was a, a mess, fell out of favor with the coaching staff, wanted out, didn't get his wish, and then eventually did did get his wish. Finally, thank God, we can all, we can all move on from that. I think Deshaun Watson's going to target him plenty. It's just a matter of what is he going to do with, with the targets that he does get. And he probably also is the fourth option in this offense. If you look at uh, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, David Njoku, and it's probably him. Then he's also got to contend with Donovan Peoples-Jones on the outside, who I like in, in non-PPR as a as a late-round guy that you could take a stab on in 12 and 14 team leagues. I don't mind that. But the thing with Elijah Moore is it comes down to can he adjust to this new offense? Is he going to get the looks? And is he going to do enough where we're talking about Elijah Moore that he could make that jump into weekly flex consideration? And I have no doubt that we're going to have a week on the mailbag where we get two or three questions that involve Elijah Moore. I I know it already. Well, the thing with Moore is it's consistency. And how much of that do you want to blame on quarterback play? Because that great stretch that he had in 2021, guess who his quarterback was? I'll give you a hint. It wasn't Zach Wilson. It was Joe Flacco. <laughs> it was Joe Flacco. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know. I didn't think you were going to actually guess. It was a rhetorical question. <laughs> I, I was, I was going to guess. And my, my guess was, was my guess was going to be wrong. So thank you for. I think for, for it was Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, and Mike White. I think also, or was Elijah Moore healthy at the same time? Because there was like I don't know, they were like sailboats passing in the wind, or anyway, no, no idea. Yeah, no idea. It was it was not Zach Wilson. Let's say that. And how much was Elijah Moore's inconsistency quarterback play, and how much was it talent? or like, you know, scheme fit. Because, I don't know, the Jets used him in very creative spots in his uh, in his rookie year on jet sweeps, a lot of jet sweeps. A lot of the plays that they ended up using for Braxton Berrios, um, they also used for Elijah Moore. So there's that. I mean, if the Browns like to get creative, I don't really know how they uh, run their offense. As far as uh, as that is concerned, but yeah, I th- this is going to be the true test for more. It's going to be quarterback play, consistent quarterback play. Yeah, I hope I hope it works yeah. out for him. Yeah. I really do. I, I hope I hope it works out, and and he, he's worth it. He's worth it as a wide receiver four, but you can't draft him as much more than that. Yeah, that's the thing. You just gotta be careful to not fall into the trap of overdrafting. And based purely on hype. Correct. Because we've seen this happen so many times. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. All right. Um, anybody else for well, I guess you didn't talk about Donald Peoples Jones. Yep, yeah, talk about Donald Peoples Jones and then David and Joku. He'll be he'll be a solid low end tight end one. 
someone that you could you could definitely draft. And we've seen Deshaun Watson love his tight ends, so it is highly plausible that, that David Njoku might have uh, a bigger ceiling that I'm giving him credit for. So how many tight how many good tight ends he had in Houston? How many good tight ends has he had in Houston? None, but he managed to get the most out of whatever he had. The Darren Fells, the the Brevin Jordans, um, Jordan Aiken, Jordan Aiken, yeah. There are so many others that I'm definitely, I'm definitely just like CJ Fedorowitz, maybe. Oh my god, was CJ Fedorowitz there? Maybe it was, yeah. but this this is the best tight end that that Deshaun Watson has had, and he will be incorporated not, not saying into the a lot. offense. Fifty-five. Oh, I think David Joku is way better than the rest. Oh my god! No, I'm way saying it's not. Better. It's not saying a lot that he's the best tight end oh, that oh, Watson's oh, ever I had. Said, I thought you said not by a lot. Oh, oh no, no, no! Not saying a lot. Oh, oh, okay, okay. Yeah, low he's bar. Top, he's, he, he's my he's my tight end ten. He's my tight end ten. Draft with a low end a low end tight end one should not cost you much. Yeah. No, I I like uh, Njoku a fair bit, especially at the uh, position that he's going in drafts. All right, the Cincinnati Bengals. It's this team of the Ravens. I feel like that's well, and the Steelers maybe a little bit, but people are going to want to hear our thoughts on uh, these teams coming up. So breaking news: it, I'm not going to really give much away with the uh, with with the Bengals in terms of inside information and, and things you may not know. I know that you think that Trevor Simeon is a deep sleeper on the Bengals, but I just don't. I just don't agree with you. Is all blue eyes breathing? I don't know for sure, but I would assume so. Trevor Simeon is going to be holding a clipboard, and he'll look very nice doing it. Trevor Simeon is a very handsome man. Uh, I'm Jets legend Trevor Simeon. Very handsome guy. But Good to know that his ankle is doing okay. He's going to look very pretty holding a clipboard because all blue eyes is here. And I want to make sure that I'm very, very clear with you beautiful people. If all blue eyes is playing, he's launching it. Plain and simple. Joe Burrow is a dog, and you draft him. I have him right now. Let me just have a let me have a quick uh, little peek. I have Joe Burrow as my player overall fifty one, which is good enough as my QB five, QB four. Excuse me, even better, <laughs> even better. Great guy, love him. Draft Joe Burrow. Draft, get your shares of Joe Burrow, and hell, if you could somehow get the Jamar Chase Joe Burrow stack, fuck it, go for it. That is Joe Burrow to took be me a, to a guillotine final. Basically, that is going to be a no. You didn't. You didn't have. Uh, you didn't have Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. I had Joe Burrow. You had Jamar Chase. Yeah, I had Jamar Chase. Joe, and I had, drafted Joe Burrow. And then I didn't you had, even. And you had Stefan. You had the Stefan Diggs to my Josh Allen, but. Yeah, Joe Burrow. Yeah, Joe Burrow is going to be great. Joe Burrow is going to be great. There are legitimately zero concerns with with Joe Burrow. You draft him, and he's going to be really, really, really good. So, yeah, I don't think you can say anything more about. No, I think you basically covered it. 
Now, Joe Burrow's great. The, now the other Joe, now the other Joe, there's something to have a conversation about. Yeah. Joe Mixon's a weird one. Very odd. Very, very, very odd. Because the talent, the talent says that we should be talking about him as a top 12 guy. But if we look at the numbers for him, they're kind of all over the place. And we don't really know what the middle ground is for Joe Mixon. Well, the one thing working in his favor is that Samaji Pirine is no longer on the team. It's a big plus. Yeah, it, it, it most certainly is a big plus that there is no more Samaji Pirine. That helps. The best, I shouldn't say the best, because 2021, he was really good. 290, 292 carries, 1,200 yards, and 13 touchdowns. I'm looking at the 2018 season. 237, 237 carries, 1,168 yards, and eight touchdowns. If he could do that, I think people will be okay with that. Like, I don't know if we're going to be talking about Joe Mixon getting close to 300 carries. I don't, I just don't see that as a, as a likely outcome. Where was receiving numbers that year? In 2018? Yeah, in 18. Uh, 43 catches on 55 targets and one touchdown. The the thing though, when I looked at when I looked at Mixon and we looked at his numbers from from, from last year and wanted to, and just wanted to you know dig into it, the guy also had sixty catches, which is nuts. I think he had like one of the most quiet sixty catch seasons of a running back that I've ever seen. Like nobody has talked about it. He's basically been a high thirty, low forty guy, and then last year jumped all the way up to sixty catches. I think we're gonna see a situation with Mixon where there's gonna be positive regression all around. I think we get back to seeing Mixon at around 230 carries. And then I think we get back to seeing Mixon at around 45 to 50 catches. Is that good enough to be a, a low end RB one, high end RB two? Probably not. But if you're going to take him and he's going to be your say, if you're drafting him at your second RB, I think that's fine. If you're drafting him to be your first RB, I don't love it. I'm comfortable with him at like 15th in, in, in the RB ranks, which, you know, let me just see where I have him. I have him at 14. I have Mixon at 14, which comes out to in my ranks. He is, he's at the top of the fourth round. I think that's fine. Yeah, but like he was, was he was there on a lot of our mock drafts that we did when we went zero RB. And we went with Rashad White or J.K. Dobbins or Cam Akers, or we waited. It's just a weird one that I I think I just I would rather take the chance on a younger guy that has more upside than a guy that you know we don't really know what the future is going to look like with with Joe Mixon. We we really don't. And well, yeah, no, that's the the community itself. The community itself is is pretty down on Mixon. Let me just look at the ranks very quickly. I don't want to spend too much time on Mixon um, because this has been a long podcast, but uh, let me just see where the consensus is on him. So the consensus, the consensus has him as the RB 14, which yeah, I'm good with that. I'm good. That's where I have him. So yeah, it's fine. 
Well, yeah. I mean, that's the argument, though. It was when we were doing those mock drafts is that we weren't taking him in that in that spot when we were going zero RB. Because there are many other guys that I just I just found more exciting. Well, yeah, that's it. That's the point. Mm -hmm. And I have to say, though, the industry seems to be a lot higher on Mixon than the than the public. There seems to be a huge split. So it's it's going to come down to who's right. Is it the public that is down on Mixon? Or is it the industry who seems to be okay with with Mixon? I'm kind of I'm kind of in the middle. But if I if I had to pick one side, I'm leaning. I'm leaning with with my colleagues. I'm leaning with my colleagues, and I'm I'm saying I think Mixon will be okay. Well, I mean that's the fun of fantasy is it's all speculation in the end, and you know predicting trying to predict the future. Yes. So yeah, indeed it is. We'll see, but yes, let's move on and talk about the receivers because I feel like we're going to spend a lot of time on the receivers. Also, Uh, Uh, I hate to burst your bubble. It's not going to be much time that we're talking about the receivers. I mean, what, what's there, what's there to really talk about? What Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are good, and Tyler Boyd might be also good. Uh, Tyler Tyler Boyd Tyler Boyd is really a pick a pick late pick in twelve and fourteen team leagues in in full, but even then, it's not going to be pretty. Chase and Higgins, T. Higgins also in a contract year, by the way. Ooh, yeah, there were rumors that he was going to get traded in the mm-hmm. offseason. In a contract year, and they also potentially have to work out new contracts in the near future with Jamar Chase and Joe Burrow. This is truly a T. Higgins audition to get himself onto a new team next year. Well, there's not enough monopoly money under the salary cap for them to make all those contracts work. I don't love the idea of going crazy for T. Higgins, just because, of course, there is Jamar Chase there. But I want a lot of T. Higgins. I it, it, I know it's like crazy to say because it's like, oh wow, you really want a part of this offense? Of course I do. I want every single piece of this offense, like I potentially get. Well, it's important to specify that you're saying I want part of the number two receiver in this offense. Yeah, yeah, because the number the number two receiver is going to get work. Maybe not as much as the number one receiver in in Jamar Chase, but if he could do. Pretty much what he's done throughout his entire tenure in Cincinnati, which is around 70 catches, around, well, listen to the, to the targets that he's had. 108, 110. You want to guess the other number, Adam? 108? 109. Oh, my God. He's basically been the same receiver for the last three years. So what you're saying, he's either going to get 107 targets next year or 111 targets next year? Essentially, yes. Essentially, yes. Lock, just lock him down for 111 or 107 targets. 70 catches, over 1,000 yards, 7, 8 touchdowns. That's his baseline. That's great. That's great. I mean, there are a lot. Lo- you're, you're loving that if you're taking him to be your wide receiver, too. Hell, if this is even possible, it is. If you're doing zero RB and you can get a, a squad of, of receivers of, let's say, Cooper Cup, CeeDee Lamb, and T. Higgins. Oh, you're cooking. 
Oh, fuck. You are cooking. That's good. That's really good. I mean, there are a lot of good fantasy receivers that are number two receivers on their team. Yeah. yeah. Devonta Smith, Mike Williams, Joe. Right behind him in my rankings. Devonta Smith, Mike Williams, Jalen Waddle, and T. Higgins. Tyler Lockett. Tyler Lockett. And there's and that's the thing though. You have to look at situations where there is a clear and obvious. Well, I shouldn't say clear and obvious. One uh, B, because I think everyone would say Jamar Chase is the one, T. Higgins is the two. Jamar Chase is really freaking good, but you have to look in these offenses where there are two receivers. And you have to ask yourself. This is the biggest debate with what we had last year with the with the Seahawks was. Is this offense going to be good enough to sustain? Sustain. There we go. Nice little stutter there. Sustain two good fantasy receivers. And well, it turned like out the, the answer was year. yes. The downside of that, like Adam just said, was the Bucks that they just sucked, and Evans and Godwin kind of ate into each other. Even though weekly they were, you know, kind of bad. Godwin better than Evans. Um, in in full, there's enough to go around in this offense to sustain two receivers. Is the law is the long and short of it. T Higgins yep. is going to be fine. Jamar Chase is going to be fine. Tyler Boyd is going to be fine, but you cannot trust Tyler Boyd as a weekly option. He would need an injury to either T Higgins or Jamar Chase for him to become fantasy relevant. And Irv Smith is a late round tight end. I dig it. I dig it. Yeah, it, it's got Hayden Hurst vibes. I know that we all had high hopes for Hayden Hurst, and it didn't really work out to anything. But there are weeks where you could start Hayden Hurst. I think there'll be weeks pending health where you can start Irv Smith. Yeah, you've been on that. Uh, you've been a big fan of Irv Smith's basically since he uh, first burst onto the scene. Since the I days like, of the required radio fantasy show. Yeah, I like Irv. I like Irv Smith a lot. And then add that he's going to be catching passes from all blue eyes Joe Burrow. I'd like it even even more. Yep. Fair to All fair right. to say, fair to say that I get I get very excited when I talk about Joe Burrow. Really? I can't tell. The guy is just fucking incredible. You seem really monotone every time we talk about Joe Burrow. I don't know what it is. The guy the guy is just unbelievable. If the guy wanted to run for president, he'd be better than the two schmucks that are probably going to be on the ballot anyway. Let's just all go in, go to the go to the polls, vote Joe Burrow, all blue eyes for president. I will comment on this off air. Okay. <laughs> but I mean, it's worth a shot. If Joe Burrow, there are a lot of former NFL players that have gotten into politics. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Some successfully, some not so successfully. Let's leave it at that. And go Baltimore into Ravens, Baltimore, huh? and go into the Baltimore Ravens. Speaking of DC, sort of, it's close enough. It's in the area. Uh, the Baltimore Ravens. So Lamar Jackson just great. signed. Great contract. Where? What do you? Was the highest uh, paid player in NFL history for probably five minutes. Welcome to the NFL. Yep. Lamar Jackson. Is Lamar Jackson, but you just feel like Lamar Jackson is due to miss like two or three games or be hurt somewhere in a given year. I thought there was going to be a year where Lamar Jackson was not going to miss a game. I thought it was going to be last year because he was playing for his cash and had a point to prove. Now that he's got his cash, yeah, well, I really worry 
about the availability of Lamar Jackson on a week on a week to week basis. If you think of think of for all the baseball fans out there, think of Aaron Judge. Adam, let me ask you this question about Aaron Judge. If Aaron Judge were playing for a brand spanking new contract where he could he could potentially be talking about Aaron Judge as the first five hundred billion dollar player in Major League Baseball, you were playing for that contract this year and he had that foot injury, would Aaron Judge be playing? Yes. Or at least attempting to play through it. Yes. My point exactly. That's exactly right. It and pains that, me to say that because that's super cynical and it is. It is, but he's got he's got his bag. He's got his bag, and granted, the Yankees suck. That's neither here. That's neither here nor there. Um, he's got his bag, and now it's like, oh well, I got, I got this injury now. I got to take care of it, but I'm not playing for my cash. I'm getting paid regardless, so uh, I'm just kind of chilling. Lamar Jackson really took his ball and went home, and that was in a year where he was playing for his cash. So now that he has it, I just have this very cynical. Very dark way of looking at it where I'm saying, well, if Lamar Jackson, you know, wakes up out of bed in the morning and says, ah, gee, my ankle hurts, he may not play. And, you know, we've seen, as Adam alluded to, and he's 100% correct, Lamar Jackson does miss more games than others because of the fact that he does take more risks and he's a skinnier guy, lightning quick. And when he plays, he's one of the best quarterbacks in the league. But... It is, of course, with risk because Lamar Jackson is a skinnier guy, and we all see that linebackers are faster, they're bigger, they hit harder, and it's one of the biggest reasons, well, outside of one obvious reason, that Michael Vick was not himself. Was that the, well, the, the is that football just completely changed when when he was away? And well, Cam Newton's a better example. He got older, example, and he, you I know think. there was the obvious, the obvious issue. Cam Newton's a better example of this, I think. Okay, yes, but I maybe, but Cam Newton was also huge. I think, I think the Cam Newton example we could be talking about with Josh Allen in, in, in due course. I think that's gonna be the or better even like, example, or even like Kyler Murray now, even though that, even though his career is not over. It's too early to tell with Kyler. We got to wait and see with what he looks like, you know, post surgery to really make that determination. Um, but the the long and short. But here's the thing: Drew Brees stopped running. Russell Wilson stopped running. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these mobile quarterbacks, as they get older, they they stop running. Dak. Aaron Ro- Aaron Rodgers stopped running. Dak stopped running. We've covered that a million times. Brady. Well, he. Ever just, I'm saying like mobile quarterbacks as oh, they guys as that were careers. okay. All right, fair, fair. But yeah, the long and short is Lamar. If he if he's on the field, Lamar's going to be great for you. But he has to be on the field, and there is no doubt with the wide range of improvements Baltimore Ravens have made to their offense this year. There's no reason why Lamar Jackson can't go back to being a top five fantasy quarterback. Yeah, the thing is, is that it's starting to become kind of worrying because his last two seasons, um, even compared to 2020, um, which was probably his last like amazing season where he had uh, in 2020 played 15 games, missed one with COVID, I think he had COVID. Did he have COVID? 
Yeah. I'm sure I'm sure he did. The COVID is just, is just a blur, but you could safely assume that everybody had COVID. Yeah, I, I, I've i had it. Um, I had COVID. Three times or twice? Uh, twice. Twice. I had a friend that had it three times. But um, so he threw for 2,700 yards, 26 touchdowns, rushed for 1,000, just over 1,000, and seven touchdowns. That was not too far off from his MVP season the year before that, where he threw for 3,000 yards, 36 touchdowns. That's a that's a lot. That's far off. But he still rushed for he rushed for 12,000 yards or 1,200 yards and seven touchdowns in 19. If but, he plays, you know, he's going to be very good. These past two years, he played two games in each or 12 games in each. He rushed for 760-ish in both and he threw for 2,816 touchdowns in 21 and he threw for 2,217 touchdowns in 22 and he scored two rushing touchdowns in 21 and three rushing touchdowns in 22 so it's not like it's not looking good but Lamar Jackson's also you know he should be hitting his prime he's 26 for God's sakes he should be. Yeah. That, that's about it for me. I, I, um, I, I, don't know, I don't know what we could have said that we that we haven't said already. Yeah, I know. I know. People have been... The, this, this horse is dead. <laughs> it's dead. The point, the point has been made ad nauseum. So let's move on to J.K. Dobbins. Love, 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 love J.K. Dobbins this year. I love him. I, yeah. I he he was fantastic after he came back from the second stint out where he missed six six games. Two out of the four games, he had over a hundred yards. One of those games with a touchdown should be back at relative full strength. I loving the opportunity that a lot of fantasy managers are going to have to take J.K. Dobbins. He's going in round six right now. That seems really, really cheap. That's yeah, crazy. I, I, I have, do that in, I have in the middle of round four. <laughs> I J. love Dobbins in round six. Yeah, I love J. I love J.K. Dobbins. If, if the public wants to take him in round six, that's fine. That's fine. I, I, they want to take him in round six, then give it to me in round five. That's cool. Cool beans. Down. Yeah, Jacob Dobbins is gonna be great. He's gonna be he's gonna be great. I am a big, 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 big believer in Dobbins this year. I think, you know, third year, we should expect some some big things and a much improved again, Ravens offense. Yes. And let's get into those improvements because a lot of them were made in the wide receiver department. With Otto Beckham and, you know, everybody's favorite, Nelson Aguilar. Yeah. I'm just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> That's, but Zay Flowers, I'm loving. And yeah, he's not he's not costing you anything. One of these receivers is going to be good. I, I just refuse to believe that all three are going to be stinky. One of them is going to be good. I don't think it's going to be Odo Beckham. Because I think that's just, a chip has just kind of sailed, but he'll be fine. 
he'll be fine, just not explosive. So then it comes down to Rashad Bateman or Zay Flowers. Zay Flowers, rookie, can blow the doors off of anybody. And you have Rashad Bateman, who's entering his third year, has been injured for the majority of his career so far. He's missed a ton of games. But Lamar Jackson is calling him his wide receiver one. Does Zay Flowers or Odo Beckham Jr. do enough to take that away from Rashad Bateman? Or does Rashad Bateman just be what he's been the last two years and just not play football? And could that open the door for more targets for Odell or Zay Flowers? There's a lot of questions in this offense. I, I have them ranked Bateman, Flowers, Beckham in in full PPR. Obviously, they are well behind Mark Andrews. And if you need me to tell you this, Mark Andrews is going to be terrific. Draft Mark Andrews. That's the Mark Andrews conversation. Done and dusted. <laughs> I love it when it's easy. It's very easy for Mark Andrews. Bateman, I think has top 24 upside because of... But we don't know. He has that upside. Opportunity, there. The scoring should be up. There is no reason why Rashad Bateman can't be a 70-catch guy with eight, 900 yards and seven, eight touchdowns. There's no reason why he he can't be that. Is that on the high end? I can tell yes. you what I can give you a reason why he played six games last year and he played 12 games the year before that. that and I said it before. That's the biggest red flag. <laughs> that, that is the biggest red flag is, is the injuries. But where you're taking Rashad Bateman, if it doesn't work, you just cut him. Simple as that. Rashad Bateman right now is going for me in the 11th round. As a gamble? Sure. The thing with Bateman is that like the Ravens are going to have a tough decision when it comes to his fifth year option. I think that's probably like next off season, essentially. Um, or maybe the in two off seasons, because we just don't know what Rashad Bateman is as a player at the moment. Because no, we haven't had that great of a sample size. No, we don't. But all the conditions call for Rashad Bateman, at least having the opportunity. They added more to this offense. Tees will are not going to be able to double Rashad Bateman because if they do, that leaves one of Odell Beckham or Zay Flowers on an island by themselves. And if there's any defensive coordinator that is half decent in this league, they are not going to allow two guys that can blow the doors off of your defense to be in one-on-one. It, that, that's just stupid. That is how you get killed. Bateman is busy doubling Mark Andrews, actually. If you want to put a linebacker and a safety on Mark Andrews, then then sure. And that just further aids my case for Rashad Bateman potentially having a, a, an upside to be a, a wide receiver too. They they can't double everybody. No, they and can't. If they're gonna if they're gonna double Andrews, great. It leaves the three receivers in one on one. If they decide to double Bateman, great. It leaves Zay Flowers, Odo Beckham, and Mark Andrews potentially in in one on one. They're going to have to defense is going to have to spread coverage all across, all across the field against Baltimore. There's not one guy they could just decide. Okay, we're going to take this guy away and just hope that you know the receivers stink. This receiving core is much improved. This is not the Ravens that we've seen in the last few years 
where there's just Mark Andrews and nobody else. This and is how many times have we said that, that in the this offseason, is a team that has options past. now. This is a team that has a ton of options now. And Rashad Bateman is being drafted as a wide receiver four that could very easily finish as a wide receiver two. It, very, very easily. And it, it's it is so blatantly obvious to me. I just see, I just see it now. The problem is, is that how many times have we said, oh, the Ravens are good now? Or not the Ravens are good now. The Ravens have receivers now. These are not your say this is not the same old Ravens. Um, you know, when they had that one year that it, they had Hollywood Brown and Rashad Bateman on the same team, we were like, Oh, this is great. You know, not no more same old Ravens where they don't use receivers. And you know, that worked see how that worked out for them. Different offense, though. It's different offense. If you want to see how this offense is gonna look. Just go back and watch Georgia from last year. Todd Munkin, who is the offensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs that won the national championship, is now the offensive coordinator for the Baltimore Ravens. This is going to be a completely different offense that is built around Lamar Jackson that is not predicated on just running the football a million times. They're going to look to make plays downfield. And one of these receivers is going to be good. It's just a matter of which one. Well, you'd hope so. If I had to put my money on it, I'm going to put my money on the third-year receiver where we see third-year breakouts from receivers all the time. Give me that guy over the rookie and Odell, who might be over the hill. But with that being said, all three all three have a pathway towards being viable for fantasy. All three do. It's just a matter of, of picking and choosing which one you're going to try and go after. And for me, well, some, the, guy that, the guy that I'm going after is Bateman. Some more difficult than others, because I don't know. I don't see it with Odo Beckham. Uh, neither, neither do I. Neither do I. I think he's going to be criminally overdrafted. So I'm just begging. I'm begging and pleading with the with the public here. Don't overdraft Odo Beckham. There, we could be in a situation where we're, we're in like week eight or something, and we're talking about Odo Beckham as the fourth option in the Ravens offense. We might be talking about it already. Yeah. So I'm staying away from Beckham. I love Flowers. I love Bateman, especially at the prices. Maybe even fifth, depending on how you view J.K. Dobbins. Uh, He's not going to catch too many passes, I don't think. Yeah. Well, anyway, this has been fun. uh, Talking about the AFC North. As you can tell, you listen to this episode. And, um, yes, I'm very excited to uh, continue with these divisional previews. I hope Jake's having fun at the All-Star game, also, in Seattle. Sounded like he was having a grand all-time. Yeah, I was very jealous looking at his Instagram, I'll tell you. Yeah, yeah, that that (laughs) that dude's living a life right now. Yep. But he'll he'll have his ranks, he said, when he gets back. So he said we'll have him ready to go. So he's we'll, doing doing them on the flight home. Uh, allegedly, allegedly he's gotten some done, and he's gonna uh, crack on with the uh, with the rest on the plane ride home. Allegedly, a true, a true fantasy professional. Oh, I'm at the All Star game in Seattle. Let me just let me just do do some ranks real quick. Of course, we got we, we're we're closing we're closing it on August, and that means rankings debates. And oh my God, do I do I love my rankings debates? I can't wait. All right, well. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of the Basement Talk Podcast Fantasy Show. You can find all episodes wherever you get your podcasts. For my co-host at Birdsall, I'm Adam Castor. We'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye.